0: I'm so glad you're here today as we're in this series asking for a friend. If you're new to faith or if you're exploring faith, and even if you've been a believer and have followed Christ and have had faith for many years, these are some of the foundational pieces that we are looking at to get an understanding of what it is that we believe. Why do we believe? What's behind that? And today we're looking at this important area of prayer. Why do we pray? When do we pray? How do we pray? And we're asking, why and how do we pray? Did you know that prayer is, uh, is still widely practiced in the United States? Barna and Pew Research says that 79% of Americans pray at least once every three months. So that may not be very frequently, but it is still one of the, greatest, the, the mostly engaged uh, spiritual practices by Americans. And it's not necessarily, you know, doesn't clarify who and how those prayers are happening. But there is the sense that as a culture, there's still the sense of prayer being an important part. When we need it, when we're in times of crisis or just out of gratitude, when do you pray? How do you pray? Why do you pray? What's behind that? We're going to look at all of those different factors today as we talk about this important topic of prayer. Because it's really this mystery in some ways, isn't it? That we would think about this this communication with this higher power, with something outside of ourselves, as, as people may just define it broadly. What is what goes into that? I think about growing up and, and experiencing prayer. I was in a home that that had lots of prayer. We prayed before every meal. We prayed in the mornings, we prayed at night, we had bedtime prayers. Um, thankful for my parents for for raising us in that in that way. I remember um, you know, just uh, sometimes walking in on my dad, my dad was a pastor, had a home office as well, and I'd walk in on him and there he'd be praying on his knees. And uh, that's an image of, of my dad, that's, that's a powerful reminder of, of prayer. I think about my grandpa at night, same thing, he, he would come and visit, he would pray for every one of his kids and grandkids by name each and every day. My parents do that every morning, they pray for every one of their 16 grandkids and their you know, three daughters, their son, their sons-in-laws and daughter-in-law every day. This practice of, of prayer and coming before God. When I was, uh, I think it was when I was younger, when you think about the kinds of things that we pray for, you know, you pray for, you know, I hope that girl likes me, you know, something like that. Ever pray anything like that? Ever pray for, like, help with a school test? Do you ever pray, like, Lord, please, um, Lord, please, after a, taking a, an, a, a geography exam, praying, Lord, please make Orlando the capital of Florida or a prayer, something like that, you know, like, I know I didn't study, but I, that's what I put down and somehow just changed change the, the course of that, that nature, you know, it's, we pray for crazy things, and, and God has been faithful, he's answered so many prayers in, in my life, and so many different times, but let's be honest, it's been lots of prayers where I felt like God didn't answer, or I feel like I didn't get the answer that I wanted, right, and a question that many, many of us ask when we've been praying or seeking God is, why, why God? I don't understand. And sometimes that's part of that mystery of prayer. What do you pray for? What is it that you bring before God? Do you pray about your relationships? Do you pray about your finances? Do you pray about your future? Do you pray for guidance, provision, for safety? What is it that you pray for? We pray for all kinds of things. You heard some of the folks here, but they were also asked, uh, what's one of the, uh, what is the question here? One of the most ridiculous prayers that you ever prayed. So take a look at this. Definitely pray for, like, celebrities to fall in love with me. Like, yeah, 100%. for sure. God, give me courtside tickets to the Lakers. God, just let me lose 20 pounds. For a million dollars. Prayed a couple times to win the lottery. Or my Eagles to win. <laughs> That's even more. I <laughs> pray a lot. I pray too much. I think I abused my uh, my prayers. <laughs> Getting Justin Bieber to fall in love with me. No <laughs> no prayers. Ridiculous. To, uh, not fail math. Praying that I'd see a meteorite fall. I did. Fail, man. I prayed for $100. Uh, when I was really young, I had a kind of a dangerous medical situation. And I remember praying, God, please don't let me die before I have sex. <laughs> God, could you please uh, make this girl fall in love with me? I think for the most part, I know God's not gonna, like, you know, give me a million dollars. So I feel like it's. I, I don't really ask much, you know? <laughs> <laughs> We can come to God with anything, right? We can pray about all kinds of things. But sometimes I think we think about God like, uh, like we do like a genie in a bottle, right? If you just rub the, the bottle enough times and the genie comes out and we get three magic wishes and God will grant us whatever we want. Lord, help me win the lottery, right? Do those kinds of things. We think about God like maybe like prayer being a magic incantation. If we say things in the right way and as long as we just say in Jesus' name, then we're going to get the thing that we're praying for, or maybe we think about it like a vending machine, right? I'm just going like to have my prayer, I'm going to select A4, and then you know, this comes down, and I get what, what, what I ask for. We don't, we don't sometimes understand fully what prayer is. And so um, we're going to talk about that, and to begin this time, and we've already prayed today, but I'm going to pray, and then we're going to talk about what prayer is. Let's pray together and seek God this morning. Heavenly Father, as we talk about prayer, today I pray that you would open our hearts, That you would open our minds as we've gathered together today to hear from you. And Father, we want a touch from you. And so today, God, we just commit ourselves in this time to you. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's talk about what is Christian prayer. What do we just do? (laughs) What is it that we just did? What is prayer? I love the way John Wesley said it. He said this way, prayer is where the action is. You know why I love that? Because it's almost the exact opposite of what I think I usually think about. I usually think about prayer is the least active thing we can do, right? The action seems to be like when we're out there, we're talking to people, or we're reaching people, or we're doing things, we're rolling up our sleeves, or we're in worship, or we're teaching. Now he says prayer is where the action is. Prayer is where things begin to happen. So what is prayer? We're going to look at that. The ba- most basic way I would say to define prayer is it's simply talking with God. Prayer is talking with God. Sometimes we put it into a category where it feels like an untouchable thing, but the bottom line is it's communication. It's saying, God, here's the relationship that we're building, and I want to talk to you. I want to have this conversation with God. Ephesians 2.18 says, Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit, because of what Christ has done for us. Now, that's it just in that one sentence, it talks about coming to the Father. It talks about our Heavenly Father. It talks about the Holy Spirit, which is the way in which we interact with God, the way we communicate through our spirit, and it's because of what Jesus Christ has done. All three of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, are essential when we talk about being, coming in prayer. Jesus is the one who makes the way for us to be able to talk to the Heavenly Father. For, for when, we, when we know, and as we've talked over the last couple of weeks, what Jesus did for us on the cross, the way that he made a way for us for forgiveness so that we could have access to the Father, when we receive that, we have the ability to talk to our Heavenly Father. And the Holy Spirit is what fills us. The Holy Spirit is what, what moves in us and allows us the, the chance to voice our prayers, to voice what we're saying to him and to talk to him. And so we think about this access to the Father. If we just step back for a moment and say, that's crazy. To think about if there if there really is a God of the universe, a creator of everything that we can talk to him and that he wants to talk to us. Prayer really is remarkable. Think about planet Earth. We're just like every one of us here, we're just like a little <laughs> we're a little we're a little speck among people. We're just one of billions of people on this earth. And then you think about the earth, one of just a few planets floating around this giant sun in our solar system. And you think about our sun and our, the, how massive our solar system is, and yet our, star, our sun is just one of, of 300 billion stars in our galaxy. Think, it's mind-blowing, but our galaxy is just one of 100 billion galaxies that were created by God, and we read in the Bible that he created the heavens and the earth. And to think that we can come before this God, before this creator, is an awesome, awesome privilege, an awesome possibility to think, wow, that God would want to talk with me. But sometimes God feels inaccessible. He feels like, ah, he's this, this, this cosmic cop out there. He's just trying to judge. He's trying to, like, see if I mess up. And, and we have this, this unhealthy, like, fear of God to where it feels like I can't even come to him. But the other part of God being creator is that God is also our loving father. And that's why he wants to communicate with us. That's why he wants us to be in relationship with him. So so let's talk about why we pray. If what prayer is, is talking to God, then why is it that we pray? What's behind that? You might say, doesn't God already know everything we need? Why do I even have to talk with God? He should already know everything. Well, why do we pray? Matthew 6, 6 says this. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is in heaven. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. There's rewards to prayer. I mean, this is pretty awesome. God's saying, if you do this, if you pray, if you have this communication with me, I've got some rewards for you. And here's some of the rewards that we can expect to receive from God. The first one is this it's God's presence. God's presence. Now, again, we might say, God, if you already know everything I need, why do I need to come to you? As I think about that as a dad, I know a lot of the needs that my kids have. And I could just say, why do you even, don't even come bother talking to me? I know what you need. Let me just provide stuff for you. Just go on and do your business. Or do I only want them to come to me when they have needs? No, as a father, I want a relationship with my kids. Our Heavenly Father wants a relationship with us, and he promises his presence when we engage with him, when we talk to him. And it's through communication that we grow that relationship. I love it the way it says in Matthew 11, verses 28 and 30, in the message uh, paraphrase. Jesus is saying, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. It's God saying, I want a relationship with you. And the way I want to do that is just to spend some time with you, talk to you. Just like with my kids, I want them to ask me questions and to see how I'm doing and to, to talk about you know, asking for guidance and for help and just saying, this is a relationship. And so when we pray, we begin to build that presence of God. We, we experience God's presence with us. Another reward that comes at that point is peace. We, we sang about that a little bit ago. We get this peace of God's presence. When we spend time with God, when we grow that relationship, peace begins to take root in us. Because the reality is we all love to worry. Any worriers out here today? <laughs> Heard about a mom who texted her daughter. She said, uh, start, start worrying, details to come. <laughs> it's, like, it's just so used to, like, we're just going to worry about stuff. I'll, I'll tell you later, but just start worrying. And we think, like, worrying can do something. And somebody said, like, worrying is like a rocking chair. You know, it gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere, right? It's like there's no, there's no traction behind worrying, and we worry about so much stuff. And we try to solve, and we try to figure it out. And I think there's just this peace that comes from encountering God. And I can't think of a better scripture that just helps us understand this than Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Easier said than done, isn't it? Don't worry about anything, but what should we do? Oh, it says, instead... <laughs> Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. And this peace exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. I mean, this is an amazing promise, an amazing reward. We get God's presence. We get to to live in that, that peace that he offers us. And it doesn't mean that there's not going to be a storm. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be challenges. We still have to deal with the winds and the waves, but God is with us. It's like in the ocean, the surface, the storm could be raging, but below there's a, there's a peace, there's a calm. And God can give us that in the middle of a challenging time. We have God's presence, we have his peace, and we also get to receive as a reward his power. The God of the universe, the God that created everything, we receive his power. And I love uh, James five sixteen says, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has what? Great power and produces wonderful results. There's a power in prayer that, that, that allows things to change, that, 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 that brings um, things to move in our lives. Maybe you've experienced that diseases are healed. Marriages have been restored through prayer. Churches revitalized. Lost sons and daughters coming home. Closed doors that feel slammed shut that all of a sudden open dead ends turning into new beginnings. It's amazing what happens when we pray. And now some of us might pray and say, you know or think, well, is it just coincidence? And sometimes we just will never know, right? Is it just coincidence? Is it God moving? What is it? It was really cool this last week. Uh, you know, Shannon, my wife was was telling me that uh, she's been applying for a job that she was looking looking for and. Uh, and had a lead and made the application, but hadn't heard back yet. And she told me that, you know, I don't know, Tuesday this week, she was praying and asking God, um, just give me an open door. Give me, you know, help me to, I want to get some traction on this or figure out how I can get an interview. And, and uh, she went to work later that day and was talking to one of her coworkers and was just telling her, you know, she was asking about the application and where that's going. And she told her about it and said, I'm trying to get a hold of this person. She said, that's my friend. And she connected her, and she sent an email, <laughs> and lo and behold, a couple days later, an interview happens. Coincidence? Praying that morning for that very thing. For there's a closed door, and that just happens. Who knows? We think it's God. I believe it's God. Here's a. Here's what uh, William Temple, he's the Archbishop of Canterbury. Here, here's what he said: When I pray, coincidences happen. When I don't, they don't. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that more coincidences seem to happen when we pray, but there's a power in prayer, and we can have this confidence that, that, that God moves through us and that power is there available to us. The fourth reward we have here is perspective. Perspective. Prayer doesn't change God. It changes us. See, I think so many times we think of praying as about, i got to change God, i got to continue to change God. No, prayer changes us. What happens is we get to a different perspective when we begin to see and spend time with God. We look at our life different, we see our world different, and, and spending time with God daily in that relationship begins to transform us. We begin to be more about His agenda and what, what He wants, and we start seeing ourselves in a different way, and that's what begins to move us. Corey Tenboom, I love the way that she said it. She said, Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? <laughs> Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? So many of us, it's our spare tire, right? Like, Lord, help. <laughs> I've hit the ditch. I've got a flat tire. My life is stuck. Bail me out. And those are good prayers. We can pray those prayers to God. But God also wants to be our steering wheel. And prayer can be that guidance. It can be that perspective. How do I see my life? And so we think about these rewards. I come to God. And I get to be in his presence. I get to grow in relationship with him. I begin to experience his peace. There's a power that begins to come as I feel empowered to pray and to see God move and to make changes and to have changes in me. And he begins to give me perspective as I look at my life and how I live and where I need to go, and it's a transforming experience when we pray in that way. These are the rewards that God's word promises us when we pray. But the question then we ask is, does God always answer prayer? Does God always answer prayer? How would you answer that question? <laughs> yes. <laughs> God always answers prayer. Do we as a parent, do I always answer the requests of my kids? Well, <laughs> right, 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 yeah, we're, we're getting where we want to go. So I want you to think of a traffic light, right? We've got red light, yellow light, green light. This is how I want you to think about, about prayer. And as we come to God, we, we think about these different scenarios. When, we, when we're, you know, driving on the road, we love green lights, right? Green means go. We get a green light. We pray to God. We ask for something. We get the green light. Things open up. We love it. Life is good. This is how we want all of our prayers to go, don't we? Whatever we pray for, we want green lights. Well, we get a lot of green lights, and when we do get those green lights, our responsibility is just gratitude. At that point, when we pray and we've requested, we say, Thank you, God, and we express that in gratitude. What we don't like is the red light. None of us like red lights. We don't like red lights. Red light means stop. Red light means we can't move forward. Red light means we're not getting an answer. We don't know what's, uh, what God is doing. And it just feels many times like silence, like God isn't answering. And yet maybe the very thing we need to know is to be stopped at a red light because there's some tr- cross traffic that's coming through. There's some things that are in our way. There's some things that we're not ready for yet. There's some danger ahead or we're praying for the wrong things and God is answering with a clear no. And we have to accept that. And I think sometimes we don't want to accept that, but God answers our prayers with no sometimes, and it's for our good. And that's where we have to step back and say, who it is that I'm praying for? Is it the all powerful, almighty creator God, the Father who loves us and wants the best for us? Then I need to trust him in the no. But then there's also the yellow. The yellow might be yes, uh, no for now, but not forever. This might not be the right time. This might not be the right thing for you now. But it may not be forever. It's like a kid asking you, you know, an eight-year-old kid saying, hey, can I drive your car? <laughs> I mean, at one level, he might perceive it as a, as a no when you say, no, absolutely not. It's a red light. But technically, it's no for now, but not forever. There's going to be a time when it's right and when it's good for you and when you're ready for that. And so we have to accept these. And in those moments when we get those yellow, prayer, you know, those yellow answers where it's like, not for now, or, or we're still waiting, or we're in that dark place, we're not hearing clearly from God, we need patience. We just step back and say, God, grow me. What do you need to teach me? What do you need, what do I need to learn in this time? Corey Tenboom said, when the train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still and trust the driver. And that's so hard to do. But prayer is this shaping experience. Times where we get to go and we get the green light and go forward. Times where God says, Nope, not yet, or no, I'm not answering that, or no, I'm not giving you that what you're asking for but sometimes we just need to sit in the waiting when should we pray Ephesians 6:18 says it very clearly pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion <laughs> i think that means at all times and on every occasion did you know that prayer can actually be just a daily ongoing every minute of the day kind of conversation with god Sometimes we think prayer means stop, drop, and roll, right? (laughs) Stop, drop, and and pray, right? I just got to, like, be in this moment. I got to fold my hands. I got to close my eyes. I have to address it in the proper way. Prayer is an ongoing conversation with God. Just as you're going about your day, you can pray at all times, on every occasion, in every way. Now, there's times where we stop, and we take time to pray, and we have some moments, and, and the mornings are a great time to pray. Jesus got up early in the morning, and he got into the wilderness. He went into a quiet place, and he prayed. He found time with his Heavenly Father to start the day. And starting our day in prayer is a great way to pray, to begin to get that perspective and that presence, everything that we talked about. Maybe in the middle of the day, around your meal times, just to pause and say, God, do we give thanks? And I'll be honest with you, sometimes as a staff, when we get together for meals, we don't all pause and pray and bow our heads. Well, I look around the table, I'm like, hey, guys, uh, are we all thankful for this food? Can we give God thanks for this food? Yeah, we're good. God, thanks. All right, let's go. Let's eat. That's an okay prayer. That's okay. It's the way we acknowledge God's presence and we're talking to him. It doesn't mean all heads bowed, all eyes closed. That's a good way to pray too. But you can have an ongoing dialogue. Sometimes I, I pray, I try to pray when I, I pray through my schedule, as I look at my day or as I look at my week. God, I've got this meeting coming up with this person. This is going to happen. I've got this team thing. I've got a, this event. And we pray about that. Or maybe you're going, you know, you're heading into a meeting with somebody. Take a moment and pray. As you're driving, it's a great time to pray. When you have some moments like that, God is looking for us to be able to pray. You know, when Jesus said this too, he said, and we read the verse earlier, I'm going to read it again, but look at the other part of it in Matthew 6, 6. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. So while we can pray everywhere and we can pray on the go and, and, and wherever that might be, there's also times where we just need to get into a place and a space that is sacred, that becomes holy, that becomes set apart, where we just say, God, I'm focusing in on you. That's where the term maybe the prayer closet comes from, or the prayer room comes from. In the, in, in the church that we had started, we had, um, we had a, an office, and it was a house, and that house had a, you know, had like a, a room that we used for some, some office space, and then it had a, um, a walk-in closet connected to it. And I was just reading this and was thinking about this. I'm like, let's actually create a prayer closet, literally in the closet in this house. And so we cleaned out the closet, and I remember buying like a little kneeling bench. And we had a comfortable chair in there. We had some candles. We had some places to write notes, to pin some things down, to have a, a whiteboard. And it was just a place to go and literally shut the door to the world and just focus and pray. And sometimes we might need to create a, a place or a space a favorite place to sit, a place where you can connect with God in quiet and say, this is where I turn my attention to God. But let's be honest, how many times do we find quiet in our lives today? How many times is there literally like nothing on in the background? How many times are we just, the second we have two, three seconds of still, what do we do? We reach for the phone, guilty, <laughs> right? Right? got a couple seconds. Ah, let's scroll a little bit. Let's see what's happening on social media. Let's see what's happening in the news. Did anyone message me? Anyone text me? Do I have anything? We've lost the ability to be still. There's always something on the TV. There's always music on. There's always something on the radio, some podcast we're listening to, some book we're listening to, something in our ear, something in front of our eyes. And God's just wanting us to take some time and to create a space to say, I just want to spend some time with you. Can we just turn it off? Can we find some moments of quiet? As we think about when we pray, how we pray, uh, I also think it's important to think in terms of not just when we ourselves are praying with God, but what does it look like to pray together? Americans, again, statistically and whatnot, we pray alone. We're all comfortable praying alone, but only about 2% of people ever pray with somebody else. I think we miss out on something when we don't pray with other people. What happens when we pray? God says, we're two or three are gathered together, I'm there with them. And we can experience God's presence. And there's something powerful if you ever had somebody praying for you or when you pray for somebody else. But sometimes I think we're just afraid. We're afraid to take that step. We don't know. And maybe, you know, if, if you've ever been asked to pray out loud, how, how many of you have ever been uncomfortable with praying out loud in a group? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah, it's not necessarily something that, that comes natural to us. We've, and I think sometimes we get hung up and going, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say. I'm not supposed to, you know, how I'm supposed to do that, but to find the ability to just say, look, God, I want to lift up this person in prayer. I want to pray for the situation and just begin. Start. Husbands and wives, pray together. Watch what happens in your relationship and what happens spiritually when you pray. Take the step, men, take a bold step. Say lead, lead in that way. Wives, lead in that way. Say we're gonna to pray together and we're gonna do that. Pray as a family. When we have the opportunity, we all leave the house at the same time in the morning, which is happening less and less and is more and more rare, right? We say, TTP. We used to do that all the time, especially when they were younger. TTP, time to pray. (laughs) All run up front, gather in front of the front door, big huddle, arms around each other, get to pray for them. About 15-second prayer, 30-second prayer, asking for the day, and we head out. It doesn't have to be complicated. There are ways in which we can pray together with others, praying in your life groups, Praying for each other, having the courage to pray and to speak out. Amazing things happen. When should we pray? At all times and on every occasion. It's an ongoing dialogue with your Heavenly Father. Now let me talk about how do we pray. Prayer is good, prayer is helpful, there's rewards to prayers, and God answers prayers, and we can pray at all times, but how do we pray? Let me, let me break it down for you in, a, in, 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 in this way. Keep it real, keep it simple, keep it going. Keep it real, keep it simple, keep it going when you come to prayer. We don't have to overcomplicate this. So we think about keeping it real. Keeping it real is just being honest with God, it's being able to use your words. Sometimes I think we would think about prayer, and maybe you've heard others pray, or you think, I need to pray, you need to pray like a pastor or some religious leader, and, you're, and you think, I can't pray like, Oh, gracious, almighty, heavenly Father, we beseech thee in this desperate hour. Come and Meet thine servant. I don't know. I mean, like, that might feel really uncomfortable to you. And it's not your language. And there are moments where there's beautiful prayers that are voiced. But if that's not you, don't pray in that way. God's asking you to keep it real. talking away and say, come at the end of the day or when well, you're praying to God. And you go, God, today was tough. It really sucked. I didn't know what to do. I'm really stuck right now. Can you, I need your help. That's prayer. That's praying to God. It's keeping it real. It's being honest. If you've ever read the Psalms, David, so many of those are prayers, and, and at times he, he he worships God with his word. At other times he's angry, he's upset. Sometimes he's just, just beside himself, frustrated with what's going on in his life. Bring your honesty to God. Keep it real. God, here's, who, here's what's going on, and I'm coming to you, and I'm praying to you. And here's the thing, sometimes when we pray in our honesty, sometimes we don't even know what to pray. Sometimes we're just hurt, we're grieving, we're struggling, we're angry, we don't know what to pray. I love what it says in Romans 8.28, that the Spirit prays for us, listen to this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. How awesome is that? When you don't know what to pray, when you literally go before God going, I don't even know what to pray, I don't even know what to do, The Holy Spirit is praying for you on your behalf before our Heavenly Father. And sometimes the best prayers we can offer are just groans and moans. Sometimes it's tears. We pray in tears. Sometimes it's just silence. And silence is a beautiful way to pray. Just like two people, two good friends, or a husband and wife that have known each other, sometimes they can just sit in silence and it's okay. There's something in that presence. And so we can also sit with God in silence. But just keep it real with God. The second is this. Keep it simple, right? Keep it simple. We overcomplicate prayer. We think it has to be grandiose. We think it has to have all these different parts to it. It doesn't. Just keep it simple. Jesus' disciples, even the ones that we revere, the ones we read about that wrote parts of our Bible that followed Jesus, they would see him pray, and they even asked Jesus, teach us to pray. How do we pray? I want to pray, Jesus. How do we do that? And Jesus just gave him a simple 57-word prayer. 57 words. Pray, our Father, who's in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, right? Just 57 words. It takes about 25 seconds to pray. This is what Jesus said. Don't overcomplicate it. In Matthew um, 6, 7, he says this, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't babble on and on. You don't have to make it more just by saying it more times be honest and keep it real, keep it simple. And here's a little three-part way that you can keep your prayers simple. When you pray, think about these three words, and you simply say, thank you, sorry, and please. If you can think through these three things, thank you, sorry, please. If you don't know where to start, if you don't know how to pray, you just begin a simple way, hey God, dear God, heavenly Father, Jesus. Any one of those ways, just, just begin. Just like when you're talking to somebody, you want to get their attention, like, hey, hey, Shannon. Uh, and you start a conversation, right? Start a conversation with God. Let him know you're, you want to talk. And then you begin with, thank you. What are you thankful for? Gratitude's a great way to start, a great way to grow a relationship. God, we have so much to be thankful for. And begin, God, I'm thankful for, and you fill in the blank. And then you move to sorry. Does sorry grow a relationship when somebody says sorry? Right? It's a way of restoring relationships. I know in the church we use the word confession. And confession is a good word, but it's, sometimes we feel it's, it's, it feels unapproachable. But it's simply saying sorry. And so we come to God and we say, God, I'm sorry for. These are ways where I've, I think I've let you down or ways that I've disappointed other people. or Here's ways that I've just not done right in my life where I've sinned. We simply say sorry and watch God's grace and mercy come and restore us. It's a way that strengthens the relationship. So you come and say, God, sorry. And then, please, please, what are you asking for? What do you need? What are you praying for for yourself? Our Heavenly Father wants to know, what is it that you need? What can I do for you? How can I help you? How can I support you? What are you praying for for your friends, for this world, for our nation? Pray. It's just asking, please, God, help. Thank you. Sorry. Please don't overcomplicate it. Keep it simple. So we keep it honest. We keep it real, right? We keep it simple. And the last thing is keep it up. Don't stop praying. Make this a regular part of your life, a regular habit, a way that you connect with God each and every day. And you grow that relationship. You find that time each and every day. And you say, God, I want to spend time with you. If you want to grow that relationship, if you want to connect with our heavenly Father, pray each and every day and don't give up. Luke 11 says this, 11:9 9, verses 9 to 10. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds and to everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Keep it up. Keep it real, keep it simple. And keep it up. We've covered a lot of things about prayer today, and I hope that you get a different sense for it, that. You say I don't have to overcomplicate it. It's just talking with God. It's being real. It's being honest. It's listening to His prayers. There's rewards that come from that. God's presence. God's peace. We get His power. We get His guidance through the perspective that He gives us. And so, I just want to set some time aside this morning. What is it that you need to pray for? What do you need to bring before your heavenly father today and say, God, I just want to bring this to you today? It says in Hebrews four sixteen, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We should come with confidence, to step before God and say, all right, God, here I go. I'm going to pray and I'm going to expect to receive from you your grace, your mercy, your peace that comes. And so what I want to do is just take some time for you to express your prayers, for us to do that individually and together. And so we're going to use that simple, simple format. Thank you, sorry, please. So just in this moment as we we pray, I want you to bow your heads. I just want you in your own words to pray to our almighty, powerful, heavenly Father who loves us. And I want you to pray through his spirit. And I just want you to express your thanks to him. Let's begin with thank you. I express my prayer on behalf of the church of those of us gathered here I just want to say thank you we have so much to be thankful for as a church God when I think about the way that you have guided us over 50 years the changes the growth the people that have come in and out through these doors that have been a part of our lives for different seasons and God how you've used each and every one to advance your kingdom and your purposes, to grow relationships. Father, we are just so grateful. We're grateful for each and every person that serves and that gives and the ministries that take place here. We're thankful for the vision that you've given us and for the the lives that continue to be transformed because of Meadow Park in this community and in this world. We give you thanks. And now just take some time in your own words to express to God, sorry. Father, I know our lives are filled with challenges and mistakes, sins, things that we aren't proud of, things that we know grieve your heart. Father, even um, as a church, as a pastor, God, I confess sins in my life. God, that block your spirit from fully working through me, God, even in leadership, words that have wounded people, actions that have isolated people. Father, we just ask for your forgiveness. God, I ask that you would restore where pain has been caused because of me, where pain has been caused because of our church, intentionally or unintentionally, God. We want to be right with you, Lord. Father, there's needs, there are needs that we have, things that we ask for you to intervene, to to move. And so please, Lord, we, we lift these prayers to you now. Express those to God right now. What is it that you need from him? carry heavy burdens some we share with others some we've just been carrying on our own and I know in this room father there are many heavy things that we are carrying things that we ask and need your intervention in father there are strained relationships there are broken relationships whether between parents and children between friends between co-workers Maybe it's between husbands and wives. Father, I pray that you would bring restoration. Father, there are financial needs and challenges all around us where we need your provision and just ask for you to help. Father, there's guidance that's needed, decisions that some of us are facing that we're just not sure what's the right way to go. Maybe there isn't clarity yet, and God, we just need for you to guide us. Father, maybe we're just internally restless, and we just need your peace. Father, maybe there's some guilt and some heaviness of sin in the past, and we need forgiveness. We need your grace. We need to be restored and experience that freedom. Father, we receive that from you today. And Father, as a church, I pray for us as we move forward and even as we begin these renew changes that are happening just in the physical space. God, I pray for protection. I pray for safety for those that will be working and serving God, I pray that you would continue to grow and move among us, whether we worship in here or in the gym or outside or wherever, God. I just pray that you would continue to do what you've called us to do, to help us to be your people. Lead us to others that need to know you and experience love and hope and grace, that we would be a place where people can find that hope and that healing in you. Continue to bring us joy and peace that comes from you. And we pray all these things in your powerful name. And together, the church says, amen.